Why is the transparency agenda critical to rebuilding citizens' trust in our governance institutions? How have international movements been working to promote a new form of relationship between citizens and their governments? And how do parliaments fit into this agenda? In a context where opinion studies continue to show decreasing trust in governments, and news headlines suggest that democracy is under stress, this Parlamericas podcast featuring Chilean Senator Hernán Larraín, president of the Parlamericas Open Parliament Network, addresses these questions as he guides parliamentarians in considering concrete measures they can undertake to contribute to building open states worthy of citizens' trust. This intervention was recorded during the Parlamericas Canadian Section Annual Parliament Hill Reception, where Senator Larraín was invited to be the guest speaker to discuss how a number of parliaments in the Americas and the Caribbean are leading by example within the Open Government Partnership to be at the cutting edge of the transparency agenda. It's really an honor to be with all of you in this opportunity, particularly with uh, our friends Bob Knowles, people from Pal America, parliamentary colleagues from Canada, but also across the Americas and the Caribbean, heads of missions, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really pleased to be in Ottawa in this special study visit, knowing the Canadian institutions regarding uh, demo democracy, transparency, and uh, perhaps one of the most important issues that are facing our countries nowadays, which is citizen trust and democracy. So I thank Pal America for this organization and for the honor of being here talking to you in this respect. As I said, citizen trust in democratic institutions, including parliament, is probably going through a most critical moment that perhaps from so many years we have been living. This affects the institutions, this affects democracy, and this affects the effectiveness of government. You know this uh, book of Why Nations Fail, of Darren Asimoglu and James Robinson, is particularly strong and keen in making institutions clear the, the basic of our contemporary development. Still, our countries, probably in Latin America, are not, as we had a period of coup d'etat, frequently going on, all the contrary. But corruption is weakening our institutions. Canada is a very privileged country. Probably you do not oversee so much as we live what's going on in our region. And therefore, this is our task, to face it. There are several opinion studies that have described what's going on, including LAPOP from Vanderbilt University, the Latino Barometro, and also the perception study done by Transparency International. Let me give you some figures. Only 28% of citizens trust the government. 28. 
the Americas as a whole received a score of 44% in 2016, TI index. Anything below 50% indicates that we're failing in tackling with corruption. And we're in the 44% as an average. And this is not only affecting the governments as we usually look or studies normally uh, are facing governments. It affects all branches of government or the state. Just to mention, only 26% of citizens trust the judicial system. 26. 70% of citizens do not feel represented by the parliament. 48% of citizens have low or no trust in the parliament. 61% of citizens believe that more than half of all politicians are corrupt. 61%. Let me make an exception with Canada that is leading because it's scoring 21.8% of those more trusted. So you can be, oh, Canadians are proud of their politicians. But it's not the case of the region. In, in this uh, diagnosis of our reality, our political reality, the world is increasing its acknowledgement of this problem. And acknowledging that citizens are demanding each day with more strength, more civic participation, more transparency, more accountable governments, more effective governments. And I guess we're not facing it at its real standard. It is also recognizing that our governance structures are intrinsically linked to our ability to achieve sustainable development. The UN agenda for the 2030, the one that is seeking sustainable development goals, that's particularly one, Goal 16, which says to promote peaceful and inclusive societies for sustainable development, provide access to justice for all, and build effective, accountable, and inclusive institutions at all levels. This is one of the commitments the world is doing and that we have to face it. But it is also reflected in the word of the Open Government Partnership that Bob really mentioned, OGP, in which member states signed the Open Government Declaration and committed, quote, to increase the availability of information about governmental activities, implement the highest standards of professional integrity throughout their administrations, and increase access to new technology for openness and accountability. OGP, as you well know, is an initiative that started in 2011 with eight countries joining the steering committee and that nowadays has already 20, 75 members, full members that are really developing a very interesting agenda to promote transparency, empower citizens, fight corruption and harness new technologies to strengthen governance. Canada has recently joined the steering committee and is to be the co-chair of the institution for next year. Proud of you, it's a, a very interesting challenge. So, 
Transparency and accountability of governments, while being a timeless issue, is really particularly timely as many countries across the world and within our hemisphere are currently struggling with these issues. Now, how do we parliamentarians fit in this agenda? Probably the people, when they see corruption, they see it mainly in the governments. But as I was telling you, this is a problem that crosses all branches of authority. It affects the judiciary, it affects the legislative, it affects them all. I've been one of those that have been putting across the idea that OGP should change its name. It should be OSP for state or for society, open state partnership or open society partnership. We should include them all, not only governments. You know, OGP was built upon the relations between governments, the executive branch, and uh, civil societies. But we should involve all branches of government. They're all supposed to be. You, you cannot work only in one field. You have to work in all of them all together. Now, and by the way, the, the reason why Bob mentioned it, I'm involved as a co-chair of the working group on legislative openness in OGP, is because with NDI, National Democratic Institute, we struggle to put parliaments within OGP, and we've achieved something. Not full members, but we are, it's there more closer to be one, I would say. This is a question of probably of two, three more years. Probably Canada next year can do something about it. But you have to remember that of all institutions, of all public institutions, the Congress, the parliaments, are the most democratic institutions of all. The governments are democratic. They've been elected democratic, but they represent the majority. The judicial system has its own philosophy and is probably neutral to this. Whereas the parliament meets all majorities and minorities and they represent all the people. The real house of democracy is the parliament. So we have to deal with this and put our parliament working, leading this area. What can we do? Several things. Probably the first and most obvious is to enact legislation. We have in many countries in many countries good legislation but we need legislation that are enforced that are really applied and that is something to be proven. We don't only need words, we need words in action and that is something that we have to ensure thinking in bills on access to information, lobbying, political financing, open data, and so on. In the second term, parliaments have a particular role, which is government oversight. And this is something we have to build with strength. Uh, governments don't like to be criticized. It's natural. But that is our role. Even those parliaments who are part of the government coalition. It is a duty of 
members of parliament to have the oversight of its government. And in the case of the countries that are in OGP, these action plans have an independent review and this can help in, in the way of the way Parliament can oversee the job that has been done by the government according to the national plan. It is also a way that the Congress can work involving in international openness initiatives. Uh, Canada is doing a lot. I was speaking to the uh, a senator that's being uh, related to this issue and will take some uh, interesting role in this area. We believe that we have a lot to do in this field. We can uh, advocate that the executive branch might sign agreements and be partners of different uh, institutions that are already operate, operate, uh, working, operating in, in different areas. And in those countries where are not still members of OGP, let us uh, help them to be. Uh, in, in the Americas, we still have a lot of countries that should be there, and this will help a lot in creating this culture of transparency that we are involved. But obviously, one has to preach with the example. So, apart enacting laws or bills, apart of uh, oversight, apart of being part of pressing the international community, we have to have internal reforms. We have to make sure that the parliaments are indeed an example of transparency, an example of democratic and civic participation, an example of ethics and probity, an example of real uh, dedication to the people's interest. They don't believe much in us, probably in some more, but the real explanation is because they don't see us fulfilling this area. So, we can do a lot on this. To improve and disseminate all the information of what we do. And trying, as we spoke today in, in our meetings, trying to think that it's not only a question of giving information, it's also a question of receiving information. Because what we need is to have a long and permanent conversation with the people. There is a trend of feeling relieved by the new media, social media, through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, so many others. But it's just one way. We're not receiving, and we need to interact so that people might feel engaged, involved in what we are really speaking. And so they might also feel that they're part of the system. So we need to disseminate, give information, but also receive. This means we need to involve citizen participation in the legislative process. In, in Chile, our Congress has uh, an agreement with uh, UNDP. 
and we asked them to make a study of how was the civic, the, the civic participation in our process. I took it for granted that it was a very good one. Because in our commissions, we have plenty of people always going there. Let me briefly give you three remarks they said. First, there's a lot of people who attend the, the commissions, but they're always the same guys. So we had frequent clients attending. We are always listening to the same guys. Two, they are guys. Very few women participation. And thirdly, they are mainly from Santiago, not from the country. So our participation is a very weak one. And take a look at each other, and you will find that probably there's a lot to be done there, and we need, we need to do it. We are also uh, bound to ensure that the Parliament is accountable, that we really make the system work in order that people find that we are responding to their demands. And finally, something last but not least, we must uphold the, highest, the highest ethical standards of behavior, probity, integrity. This is each day stronger. I, I'm chairman, one of the, I, I chair the International Affairs Committee of the Senate, but also the Ethics and Transparency Committee. And this used to be something to avoid uh, the interchanges between parliaments. No? We used to have uh, ink, uh, ink bottles, so as to when we wrote no? with uh, ink pen, fountain pens. So to avoid that the people didn't throw each other or the ashtrays, to have good relations. But today we have conflicts of interest, of real dimension. We have a lot of new issues, lobbying. We're being subject of lobbying in a permanent way. Uh, we are needed to have our disclosure. And who, who, who is in charge of ensuring that this happens? In our legislation, it's our committee. So we've been... Uh, increasing our tasks and functions and probably our uh, attitude to it is not the most important. MPs do not consider very relevant the job of this ethics commission and we should change a lot about that. On the other hand, let me tell you about Palamericas. Palamerica has been doing a, a tremendous job we are uh, working with this open uh, parliament network since about two years ago. I belong to another network we had created with a group of parliaments and we made a joint effort with uh, Alicia and its people, with Bob, uh, Marcela Guerra and others that were keen on having this incorporated in Parliament. And as a result of this, we've had some meetings annual meetings where we've been creating a route map on legislative openness. This was firstly designed in Paraguay. We were hosted by Senator Blanca Ovelar, who is present with us today. 
we had uh, in March this year in Costa Rica another meeting and this is uh, a tremendous help in order to to put in, in words what we have to do what's a, a real program what what does a country through the legislature has to do in order to de develop this uh, agenda it's a very complete uh, program and I'm sure that this will be of a tremendous help. The other way is to follow the OGP's methodology. As probably you are all aware, the, the, the work that uh, OGP does through its countries, through national plans. Each country designs its own national plan. Nobody forces, nobody says them what to do. We decide in my country what I'm going to do. And this is what's been going on since uh, OGP has been working about five years ago. And we have included through this uh, legislative working group uh, legislative action plans. N national legislative action plans. Which is the way we together with the civil society design what are the purposes and commitments that we're going to do for the coming two years. We work them and therefore we have our agenda. And if we fulfill it, fantastic. Somebody will evaluate it. Independent evaluation is always good. And we will know if we did our job or if we didn't. So this is another way of ensuring as a method what can be done. And OGP listened to us and has included in their executive national plans the chance or the possibility of including in these national plans uh, the legislative action plan as a part of the executive action plan or as an annex as a separate uh, proposal, which is the case in, in case of Chile uh, that we take. We're, we're work, we've been working since 2014 in action plans, and this has been very relevant to our work. And we're not the only country. It's also the case of Paraguay, of Costa Rica, of Colombia, of Guatemala, different countries that have been developing legislative action plans ordering this. And we also have some other countries in Asia, in Europe, who are following this trend. So, what, what parliaments can do? Lots of things. And we have a responsibility. We cannot endorse it only to the government. We have to uh, have a leading place because it's here where democracy is mostly represented. And one of the things that governments have probably less in parliamentary system but more in presidential system that we people come and go from the government whereas in the parliament people remain for longer periods so this is what gives continuity and stability to what we do in these ways so finally, finally people is ready for a drink I told Bob <laughs> and I don't want to stop him Oh, probably several drinks if, if it's possible. Well, we must acknowledge 
that even though we have weaknesses and probably one stresses more the difficulties, there's a lot already that has been achieved. And I would say that each day, more than before, individuals and corporations have been quite accountable for acts of correction across the hemisphere. So this is something that cannot be uh, misunderstood. When one sees what has been happening in several Latin American countries, where companies like Odebrecht and OAS have been buying governments and so on, one realizes that this is something to be tackled from the very beginning and strongly. We are also seeing increased commitments from state across the hemisphere concerning this issue. But we have to build on this momentum. The time for us to act in the Americas is now. As the leaders of our countries prepare to join their efforts into strengthen democratic governance against corruption at the summit of the Americas. This is going to be held in April in Peru, Lima. And there's a working group that I've been invited to join, thanks to Pal America and the Inter-American Dialogue, that will prepare the agenda in order that this summit tackles strongly and directly with this issue. We have to do it with all our strength. And on the other hand, I cannot but uh, mention strongly the role that Parliament can play in this moment. We have to face it with all our strength. And in this uh, opportunity, particularly being in Canada, I have to thank Parliamerica for what uh, you've been doing. Uh, I've been in, in, in this for several years, and I can ensure you that the most relevant international institution that is tackling with this issue is Parliamerica. And I have to say it here because Canada is the main supporter of this institution. We're all trying to cooperate. International organizations also do. But you're doing the, the most difficult part of it. And I appreciate and I'm going to make sure that your efforts are well uh, deposited in a tremendous institution with good people that have uh, been able to gather the champions in each country for uh, going as far as possible, not only in this issue, also in, in others as sustainable development and uh, gender, gender uh, agenda as well. But we have to keep in promoting transparency, access to information, accountability, citizen, citizen participation, and ethics and probity. This is the core of our program. And I do hope that we will continue together across the parliaments of the hemisphere to build stronger and more open legislature and government for better democracy where no one is left behind. Thank you.